Uh, plans for an emergency multi-million pound loan to Civilic Green's struggling Arcadia group have reportedly fallen through. 15,000 jobs are at risk as big names like Topshop, Dorothy Perkins, Burton are said to be on the brink of collapse. Cocktail of disaster. And that is why I honestly believe that nobody would touch it. Hi, Peter Borker here and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guy. Now today I want to talk to you about the Arcadia Group and what I consider to be the five main reasons the Arcadia Group failed to find a buyer. And it's not uncommon right now that businesses are in financial struggle, yet they're, fi- they're, f- they're struggling to find someone that's going to willing to buy them. It's all over the place. And the question is going to be, what are the common trends that's causing that to happen? Now, number one, I think it's competition. For the Arcadia Group, I believe it's competition. Now, given in mind that this, this particular group of companies in retail fashion, they've been trading for the best part of over 100 years. What's happened in the last 10 to 15 years is we've seen the biggest shift in fashion that we've ever seen. We've seen new players come into market. We've seen better innovation. We've seen a movement towards different things, whether it's the Boohoo Group, whether it's Primark, Misguided, Pretty Young Thing. There's loads of new brands coming in and they're better marketeers. Than they're online, they're better marketeers. They're creating fan bases. And all of this has eroded the Arcadia Group's turnover. That's the first thing, that competition. You take someone like Primark. Primark are a total disruptor that these people never saw coming. Primark have totally changed the way that many people think about clothes. Before people used to say, okay, I'm going to buy something really nice. It's going to last me two or three seasons, even four or five. All of a sudden, Primark have bought in clothes at such a ridiculously low cost, low price, what's happened? People have thought, okay, do you know what? I can have some really nice clothes that look designer, because they very much copy designer clothes as much as they can. I'll wear it for a season. It's not going to last more than a season. I can dispose of it, and I've still got enough money to go out there and then buy the next season. So people are now becoming one season wonders, and that's totally disrupted the market. So the competition have absolutely killed Arcadia and they have been slow to react. Now, you can't blame them because there's many businesses out there in many industries that are doing exactly the same thing. They are slow to react to the competition. Number two, the business model. Their business model sucked. They were way too slow in transitioning online. Bearing in mind that high street locations and shopping centre locations have been decreasing over the last 10 years, you would think that they would have made that transition online a lot quicker. No, they did not. Companies like ASOS, who who started off as an online company, or someone like Zara, that are in a similar sort of end product range as the Arcadia Group, they absolutely smashed the online experience. They've actually got really good online experiences, making it easier for the customer to shop, making it very easy for the consumer to shop online and making it a pleasure. While when Arcadia Group did move online, 
to be honest with you, their actual experience, it sucked. It was crap, rubbish. So for when you're on there, you don't want to shop on there. So that was fundamentally it. Their business model is outdated. And what do you do when you've got an old, old portfolio in demographic locations that are just decreasing? It's a recipe for disaster. Number three, it's real estate. As I've mentioned, they've got quite an old real estate. When you're a group of companies over 100 years old, you're going to have old buildings. Now, when you're a thriving business and cash is coming in, yep, you'll do all the repairs on the business on the buildings. You'll make sure you keep it all up to that really high standard. But what happens to the business when the cash isn't coming in, yet you're running a particular business unit, let's say a high street location for one of their brands, and you're under pressure as a as a manager of that unit to make profit. What are you going to do? You're going to say, okay, well, this is broken. I'll get round to it. And then something else breaks. Well, I'll get round to it. The problem with all of that, it starts to mount up. Your sales are not necessarily increasing. The pressure is mounting. You can't afford to get those things fixed. Because if you do, you're not going to hit your numbers. And you're scared about not hitting your numbers because you don't want to lose your job. And this was very much evident with the BHS group before that went bust, by the time that went bankrupt, tiles were falling off the bathroom, toilets were being closed because they weren't working, escalators weren't working, air conditioning units were not being fixed, the list was long. It was just absolutely crazy. So you've just got to bear in mind that when you've got an old real estate, it costs money. And when you don't have money, it's a, you're, you're taking on a huge liability if you're going to buy that business. Secondly, local government. For years, they've been putting up business rates more and more and more on locations where we're seeing decrease in revenue. So what does that do? That kills your margins. And on top of that, the last 15 years, landlords have been damn greedy, pushing up their rents, making it really difficult for companies to trade out of locations they don't own. So that's a cocktail of a, a cocktail of a sort of disaster in the making. And if you're going to go and buy that business... Why would you buy a business where actually the lease deals that were done are probably not favourable to today's era? They were probably done in a bygone era with a different set of rules that do not apply today. So real, real estate was a big barrier. Number four, the pension pot. I mean, Arcadia Group has got a very, very generous pension pot. And right now there's a half a million pound well 500 million pound not half a million 500 million pound deficit that's a best half a billion that is huge if i were to buy the arcadia group not that i've got the money but if i were to buy the arcadia group it would be my responsibility to plug that gap i'm already half a billion down before i even start on top of the bad buildings bad business model right at this stage People think I'm having to be absolutely crazy to even consider buying it. And then finally, you've got the leadership in the business. And that leadership, I mean, there have been so many reports coming out of Sir Philip Green's leadership style being very sort of boisterous, 80-centric, chauvinistic, bullying. All those things that we know today do not work. 
probably gave them great success in the 80s and 90s when people were used to being abused. But we live in a different era now. And all the behaviours, can you imagine the company culture? If that's been fed from the top down, you're buying a toxic company culture where people are probably massively suppressed. The innovation wasn't coming through. And do you know what? They probably did have the answers to get themselves out of the trouble with the people that they had. But the leadership style didn't allow that to come through. All that creativity was stifled. It wasn't encouraged. You're just, you're just, it's a cocktail of disaster. And that is why I honestly believe that nobody would touch it because it was too much of a big, big problem to undertake. That doesn't mean that there's not value in that business because there absolutely is. But unfortunately, I think the only way to realize the value in that business is going to be by people coming in and carving it all up. So it's probably going to be the biggest chop-up event of the decade. And that is going to be such a shame because a big British institution like that has just fallen. Now, it's not just going to be them, as I've said before. It's going to be other companies. They're not unique in that position. Other people are in the danger. There's other companies out there that are in danger or following suit. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, perhaps if you're not careful, you could be one of those companies that actually you're going to be forced into a position where you cannot afford to continue trading. You want to, you have to put yourself up for sale, but there's no chance in hell that you are actually going to be sold or you're going to realize any value. The good news is this can be avoided. By actually thinking about strategy, what do you need to change in your business and actually start making the changes here and now so that you don't end up being on the carving block for other people to make money out of your despair. Now, if anything I've spoken about today resonates with you, perhaps a strategy session is in order to look at, okay, how do you change your business model so you don't fall into the trap of Arcadia, head over to balker.com and get in touch. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, Please like, share it with others. If you have any questions, just add them into the comments below. And most importantly, remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. Please stay safe. <music>